0: Hello, journeyers. Welcome to our podcast, The Herd is Calling. What are we talking about today? You're
1: here. We're so glad to have you along. Today, we want you to give yourself the gift of self-compassion and reframe your writing practice as self-care.
0: I love that. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, okay. Let's get right into it.
0: Let's dive in.
1: So we're talking about self-compassion. What is it? Why it's important, and how self compassion can help your relationship with your horse, which we know will make everything you do with your horse better. If you have a good relationship, if you've, if you've honed your relationship, that's going to make your riding better. It's going to make your competition goals better. If those are where, what you're doing, it's going to make your trail rides, but it's going to make it all better.
0: Hmm. Okay. Now this sounds kind of selfish and maybe even a little narcissistic though, all this self-care, self-compassion stuff.
1: Well, yeah, I think it gets a bad rap. I think some people think of self-compassion as sort of a, a level of narcissism. It's it's, it's so not the case, though. Kristen Neff is a PhD researcher mm, who yeah. has been studying self-compassion for over 10 years now. Okay. She's got a couple books, best-selling books out about it and heads up a big program where she teaches her work. Mm. And she breaks self-compassion down into three elements.
0: Okay. That sounds helpful.
1: These elements have nothing to do with being a narcissist. Right. Right. <laughs> she breaks self compassion down to mindfulness, okay, common humanity, okay, and kindness.
0: Okay. Mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness. Kindness. Okay, great. I love that. That's one of our do you remember that other quote? It's like the three secrets to life. The first is kindness, the second is kindness, and the third is kindness.
1: Yes. I'm yes. not sure
0: who said that, but it's a really good quote. I the, think William okay. James.
1: That's a good one. That's pretty awesome the, the it's like three a, keys to life or the the secret to a great life are kindness kindness and kindness right yeah it's like yeah. a
0: lifetime of research working with thousands <laughs> and thousands of people and that was what it all came down to
1: Neff is on to something with her research obviously mm. so the idea of mindfulness allows us to gain perspective without distortion
0: Mm, let's repeat that perspective without distortion
1: yeah it's like a clear reflection of what's happening without Mm. judgment
0: okay yeah that's beautiful one of our other horse trainers that we like mark rash says a mind like still water and i think he borrows that from his aikido training i'm not sure exactly where but Mm -hmm. it's a really beautiful analogy and sums up mindfulness
1: Exactly. It's it's the good stuff. It's when mm-hmm. we can look at what's happening objectively without getting swept up in it.
0: Okay. Good skill.
1: Right? <laughs> the second element is common humanity, and that hmm. reminds us of our connectedness. We're not alone. It's 100% likely that whatever it is we're going through, whatever it is we're experiencing, whatever mistakes we've made, we're not the first person to have... Experience this, and Mm. we certainly won't be the last.
0: Won't be the last. All right. So you're not alone in
1: our struggles with horses and in our daily life or just whatever's going on inside our heads and our hearts we've got others that we can call on for support
0: okay great the herd is stronger together
1: right kindness is the third element and that's basically just an attitude or a mindset of being friendly warm supportive it's uh, i'm thinking oh tenderness is the word i'm thinking Mm, of that's a good word too
0: the world could use a little more tenderness
1: Well, it goes back to the William James quote. Hmm. Kindness, kindness, and kindness. That's all you need. Or the Beatles. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Yeah. (laughs) All right. It's really difficult to be compassionate towards others if you aren't first kind yourself. Hmm. It's like the oxygen mask metaphor you've got to save your own life first so that you can help others
0: self-compassion is is hard work like you really have to dig deep you may have had trauma might have feelings of shame like really hard dark things that you've got to go through it's kind of like going through a dark forest in a way it's a heroic journey
1: exactly what does all this have to do with horses the number one issue people come to us with is anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm. True.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, and tell me if you agree with this, the other is self-doubt, second mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. list. So a lot of times anxiety and self-doubt are sort of intertwined.
0: Okay, that so. makes sense, yeah. If you're not sure what to do, if you're working with a 1,200-pound animal, things don't go quite like you think they would, you start self-doubting yourself, anxiety creeps up because you don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. just kind of this negative feedback loop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know that when you're feeling anxiety, that comes from fear and fear comes from worrying about what's going to happen. And right there, you have stepped out of the present moment and Mm. you're not being aware and being attuned to what's happening right now, right here. Okay. So we've lost our ability to be mindful when we do that. And mindfulness helps us come back to that space. I've dealt with anxiety for a couple years now. I think the pandemic sort of brought it to a head for me. I've had a couple pretty big anxiety attacks. They're really scary and they're really hard. And one thing that I have been doing to help is a self-compassion practice. I think what I found is... It's kind of like anxiety starts to build. And then often what triggers an anxiety attack is my own negative self-talk and and self-doubt. That's usually what starts the scary spiral.
0: That's some great self-awareness. And I forget the exact statistics, but it's something like 40 million people just in America deal with anxiety but two out of ten are actually diagnosed with an anxiety disorder which you know means probably a lot more people actually have it because to actually go in and get a diagnosis is some extra steps a lot of people don't take so it's really common i guess is what i'm trying to say
1: right exactly Mm -hmm. and so for me i found that a practice in self-compassion helps regulate my nervous system and keeps me from getting into those spirals, you know, because mm-hmm. self-compassion practices like this magic blend of self-awareness and belongingness and mm. then tenderness. Okay. And it works. So back to the horses, it's a win-win for us and our horses.
0: Mm, right.
1: Because of the mindfulness and presence... Like that's the most important skill when you're working with your horses. I think that's the mindset that you have to have being aware of your body language and your energy and being aware of your horse's body language and energy is the most important thing when you're working with your horses.
0: That's one of the most powerful things about working with horses is it really is an active meditation
1: Since I have really approached working with my horses with that as my core intention, my work with my horses has become so much better in terms of just the richness of experience for myself, the joy that I feel, just the fun that it creates. And then even the results, like the horses respond and do more for me with less effort. Hmm. The other... Thing with mindfulness practices, though, is that they actually truly regulate our nervous system. And when our nervous system is regulated, we are calm. And that transmits to the horses and create a reciprocity that keeps our horse calm, which then helps us stay calm.
0: Yeah, exactly, because one of the languages horses speak is really at the level of our nervous system. We believe when people get out of the car at the barn, their horses can sense the... Regulation of that person. So,
1: 100%.
0: So, if you can get yourself regulated, you're at a state of heart coherence where you can communicate and join and connect with your horse at a whole higher level, you know. Mm. Not that people can't connect with them without that, but you're, you know, you see horses get shut down. There's a lot of other things that happen that I think limits the potential to connect. Whereas what we're all about exploring here is trying to really connect with the horse at that kind of higher heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul, holistic level.
1: Yeah, that might sound a little woo-woo or a little touchy-feely, but it's the way. It's really what we're talking about here. It's the whole point
0: yeah. Yeah. And it is very touchy feeling, very woo woo on the one side, but then it's like pure science on the other side. We love exploring that intersection. We call it the the center point of the paradox.
1: Ooh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So the thing with mindfulness practice and this type of self-compassion practice, which is a, a form of mindfulness practice, is the more you practice, the better you get and the better yeah. your horse will respond. That communication creates more connection which creates attunement, which then creates release of tension. Mm. And then you've got this affinity. And that affinity is where your relationship should come from.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's almost like that creates a positive feedback loop, whereas the negative self-talks creates the negative feedback loop that leads to anxiety and all the other stuff. You can reverse engineer that loop into a positive feedback loop.
1: Yeah, it includes all the wellness greatest hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got mindfulness, of course, yeah. but there's gratitude in there. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. curiosity. Yes, It's all these reframes that say goodbye to the shoulds as opposed tos. Right. And what's going to happen and what might happen and just put you in the moment with your riding and your practice with your horse. That's where the magic is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think self-compassion is just such, such a powerful way to look at mindfulness. You know, that kind of gets left out of the meditation talk. It's almost like you just sit down and rise above it at least I think it's framed that way a lot and kind of pop culture I don't think that's really it it takes that work of going through the process of self-compassion which is uh, really powerful something else I was thinking about when you're talking about meeting horses is that they have a natural state of compassion in the sense that they're not judging you like I guarantee any if you have the negative self-talk self-doubt those are coming from inside you like your horse is never had any of those thoughts and another thing if you are having self-talk is just talk to yourself like you would talk to one of your best friends if a friend came to you and said hey i'm really having a hard day this this and that happened how would you talk to them talk to yourself that way
1: Exactly. I think we tend to talk pretty mean in our heads without even True. realizing yeah, it. Yeah,
0: without even realizing it.
1: Mm-hmm. We have this exercise in the journey where we ask people to journal the thoughts that are going in their heads in this one round pen exercise. It's, it's always illuminating for everybody who does it, one of our students. He was shocked. He like couldn't believe this the deluge of negative thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, just like bombarding his subconscious while he's working with his horse. And what, of course, the horse is not picking up on the language. The horse doesn't understand the language that he's using, the negative words that he's using. But she sure as heck picks up on that energy.
0: Yeah, that energy which mm-hmm. which again I think some of that comes back to the heart coherence stuff that mm-hmm. we talk about in other podcasts, but mm-hmm. it's just a vibe. It's really is a vibe though. And it's it's it a is. legitimate vibe.
1: And it goes back to the nervous system like so mm-hmm. yes, it's a vibe. There's the sort of woo-woo touchy feel like you don't want to have that vibe. But our horses are hardwired to tune in to other beings around them because Mm. that's what tells them how to adjust or not to whatever's going on.
0: Right. They're master communicators on that level.
1: Exactly. So Mm. if our nervous system is activated, if we're telling ourselves in our heads, you're an idiot, you don't know what you're doing, what's going to happen, I'm nervous, the horse picks up on that and is like, I should probably get the heck out of here. Because mm-hmm. this is not a good feeling right now, right? And they they can't articulate why. They can't say you shouldn't be saying those things. They're just they just mirror back to us mm-hmm. exactly what we're putting out.
0: Yeah, yep, exactly. In its, in
1: its most naked form.
0: Yeah, I remember, that, I remember that story when our student came with that and he just said he had to leave and just kind of sit down and collect his thoughts because it was kind of so shocking to realize how he talked to himself. And mm-hmm. this might sound kind of weird, but when I was in a meditation, I got to a really quiet place and I started to hear the voices in my head. It was almost like I could see the person almost speaking them. And it wasn't anybody I actually knew. It was just like these characters. And I could see the person and hear the tone of their voice. And it was just like not my own. Mm. And that was really, it was kind of freaky, actually.
1: Yeah, right. It's freaky. But then when you stop and like, I think it's Eckhart Tolle who says that moment when you notice that you're noticing that's mindfulness. That's, That's you're there. So I know for me, a lot of times when I catch myself doing the negative self talk or catch myself with my mind watering, I'm like, damn it, like get yourself together, pull it together, empty your mind, get yeah. get in the moment. And instead, according to Eckhart, should be saying good job
0: yeah because that's the moment you stepped yes, into awareness exactly uh-huh.
1: exactly so yeah. again these reframes going back to self-compassion that's a kinder way to look at what's happening and it's also more accurate because it's not been distorted by judgment or these old stories that we have about who we are mm-hmm. that have been put on us by you know our conditioning by the dominant culture
0: if you are meditating or whatever you're doing just driving down the road If you're having these thoughts and you're like, oh, geez, here I am talking bad about myself again. Or I suck as a meditator. I can't even keep my mind focused on my breath. I'm the worst at this. I should give up. And even those weird voices I was hearing, which is a little spooky, like look at those and just think, huh, I wonder, wonder where they're coming from. What happened to them to be talking to me like this? or Have compassion to yourself for the struggle.
1: There's a book out, I can't remember... Both of the authors, Oprah is one of the authors and she co-wrote it with a doctor and I'm forgetting his name. We'll, we'll find it and put it in our show notes. The title is what happened to you?
0: Right. I remember that. Not what's wrong
1: with you. What happened to you? And I think that is another reframe that is just, it's kinder and it's more accurate. I think we have this wrong headed notion that Kindness is is insincere Mm. or it's like not the truth. Actually, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Mm. Like if you look at how you would talk to a friend, if you look how you talk to a child who Mm. was hurting or Mm -hmm. confused or talking bad about themselves, Mm -hmm. you would do your best to convince them that that is not the case because you can see that it's not they're mm-hmm. innocent they're struggling they're they're just having a normal human experience and can just use some support right be curious
0: mm-hmm. why what mm-hmm. happened to you not why are you so bad or
1: <laughs> exactly yeah exactly and so when we create this tone with ourselves it's going to reverberate into our work with our horses mm-hmm. and we're going to have that mirrored back to us i think mm-hmm. sometimes people talk about how horses mirror back to us what we're feeling and thinking and there is a negativity attached that like oh if you're acting scared your horse is gonna throw that up in your face almost mm-hmm. the horse is gonna react the horse is gonna do this well on the other side of that is yeah if you're coming to your horse with this calmness with this kindness mm-hmm. with this connectedness your horse is gonna react to that too
0: mm-hmm And that's going to be really cool. Yeah. Something else that you've taught a lot is that the fear isn't the problem. It's hiding the fear is the problem. So it's okay. Like we all have weird self-doubt thoughts. We all have weird voices in our heads. We all struggle with that. So don't feel like that in and of itself is bad. It's more just being curious and naming it.
1: When you notice it, Mm -hmm. when you become conscious of it, the fear, it brings it out into the open. Right. All of a sudden, you don't have that lurking mountain lion energy. Mm-hmm. You know, mountain lions don't come out growling and yelling and being very clear that they're going to eat the horse. They hide. Mm-hmm. They lurk.
0: Exactly. They,
1: they pretend like they're not interested in eating the horse. at the watering hole, when they're kind of like, you know, traipsing around and acting kind of sketchy, That's what the horse doesn't like.
0: That's a perfect analogy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: It's okay to be afraid the moment that you recognize it and acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And we've seen in some of the equine therapy workshops we've done in the round pen, we have this exercise called reflective round penning. Mm -hmm. And when people get really open and vulnerable and let the horse see how they're feeling, the horses respond. They turn the Mm -hmm. compassion. And the, and the kindness that the mm-hmm. horses extend mm-hmm. to these people who are afraid, who are hurting, who are working through trauma, the horses actually are drawn to that. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's not so
0: healing to not be judged as you're when you're feeling those feelings.
1: Exactly, but the horse only does that when you allow it to be seen.
0: Right. to make the choice to be vulnerable Mm
1: -hmm. and that requires a level of self-compassion that requires Mm -hmm. a level of i deserve to feel this way i feel this way i don't need to hide this i don't i'm not ashamed of this
0: right Mm -hmm. yeah vulnerability is courage
1: yep Exactly. I think that's the whole point, right?
0: Yeah, that really is. Yeah, self-compassion is way up at the top of the list.
1: Yes. This is a lot of what we do in the Horse Journey program.
0: It really is, yeah.
1: So check it out.
0: Yeah, check it out.
1: And follow us on social media for daily inspiration.
0: And it's not just about following us. It's like it just helps to be in a community of people who are talking about these things because it's just like with self-compassion, you need to get it out in the open, just have conversations with people that are kind of vibrating at that level because it's a whole different ball game. One direction is going on a negative feedback loop. Another one's going on a positive feedback loop. You need to have community. You need to have people to do that with Mm -hmm. so that's why we do the podcast it's why we have our newsletter it's why we do our blog it's to create community so we can share these ideas and grow and learn together
1: so thanks for (laughs) listening we'll see you next time and until then
0: may the horse be with you
1: bye-bye okay